Welcome to Healthy Habits Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Welcome back to another episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Moms Radio. On this episode, Lauren and I share the juicy details on habits. Research has estimated that about 40% of our behaviors on a daily basis are made out of habit. In fact, most of us have such ingrained habits or behaviors that we hardly even notice that we're doing them. Like how we get dressed in the morning, automatically put on shoes before we leave the house, or checking our phone whenever we hear or see an alert. Lauren and I have spent a lot of time studying the research behind how habits work, and today we're going to share the three basic steps that make up a habit and numerous habit hacks and tricks to help you build better habits that effortlessly complement your life and goals. We've also got two amazing freebies for you today that help make building habits even easier, our habit loop cheat sheet and a habit tracker. Check these out via the link in our show notes and download them today. Enjoy! Lauren, it's just me and you for this podcast. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm I'm really great. I'm excited about this topic. Um, you and I have not recorded a podcast, just the two of us. And if people don't know us, they might not realize how funny we are together. Yes. <laughs> they might. <laughs> that, was, that was not convincing whatsoever, no. Lauren. <laughs> You dropped the ball on <laughs> that. But we are funny. And the thing is, is um, it feels kind of like, so chronologically, I'm the oldest of you, me, and Jen. But maturity-wise, it feels like sometimes Jen's the oldest and you and I are like like the middle and the youngest sister kind of like fighting and like think that we're really funny. And Jen just kind of rolls her eyes at us like we're not quite as funny. <laughs> but we think we're funny. I don't know what you're trying to insinuate about my maturity level. That you're immature. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm mature, but yeah, we just kind of have the same um, uh, sense of humor. And Jen likes to roll her eyes at our laughing at ourselves and our music choices. Our, yeah, our music choices, which we liked, like today's hot, like top hits. And Jen does we like fun music. Yeah, and Jen. And Jen likes. And Jen doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just kidding. No, she just. She, Hi, Jen. She, we love you. Yeah. No, we, uh, we of course, we adore Jen. But um, she uh, couldn't join us to, for today's podcast. But we have a really special topic because um, we are a habit-based behavior change company. And we talk a lot, a lot about habits in our community, in our blog posts, in our podcast. But we have not done a basic Habits 101 Foundation, Here's How to Build Some Really Good Habits podcast. Like, wh- why haven't we done that yet? I don't know. We, it's clearly needed. It's the basis of everything that we do in our program and our coaching. So, I mean, you could say it's important. Yeah, it is. It is really important. <laughs> and there's a, a lot of misinformation about how to go about actually changing your behaviors because um, there's some research about this. The legitimacy uh, or the validity of this is maybe debatable, but it's estimated that about 40% of our behaviors on a daily basis are made out of habits. And, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, our... Um, our life is made up of a of a 
cumulative experience of our habits. And especially when it comes to nutrition and exercise, I think you and I have both seen various programs that are really good at telling you what to do, like how to eat, what to do for exercise and how to do it. But they're not really good at showing you the how and the habits are really the how, like how do I actually, okay, I know I need to eat more vegetables, but how do I make that happen? I know I would like to exercise more, but how do I make that happen? And, um, I think that's really important information that's often skipped. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And if you think about it, you can um, tell how this how this works, right? You go on a diet or really any program, and what do you do? You read the list of, quote unquote, what you're supposed to do. You buy all new food. You buy all new exercise equipment. And you're like, okay, I'm going to start everything right now. And you know what you're supposed to do, but you don't really know how to integrate it into your life so that it sticks. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I know you've talked about this a lot, but think how great it would be if some of the changes you wanted to make felt effortless. And I know that that can feel like a really long ways, a way to maybe make something like exercise, getting up and going to the gym four or five times in a week can feel like, oh my gosh, that just seems like it requires so much effortless or effort, excuse me. But with habits and focusing on behavior change and the power of habit, it can actually require less motivation, less effort, less willpower. So you don't have to rely on those things to to build good behaviors. And that's really the point of why we focus on habits. So you, you know, especially as moms, we're not exerting our information or exerting our our energy trying to make all this change. Like we want to try to conserve that for things that really, really need it, right? Right. And it just frees you up to think about other things. Yeah. Like imagine if um, picking vegetables at your meal were as easy as how you put on your pants in the morning. Like I don't think about how I put on pants in the morning. Do you? Like right. I just- No, but you know, like, at- <laughs> no, I don't. But you did that one time, right. right? Like, and you think about everything you do automatically wasn't automatic at one point. So you you know how to build habits. You do it every day. It's just you haven't done it con- you maybe haven't done it consciously yet. Yeah, and the information that we're actually going to share today can be applied to habits outside of improving your health and your nutrition and your exercise routine. This is really just legitimately a habits 101, like how to build a good habit. If you want to uh, make your bed in the morning, the information we're going to tell you can be applied to making your bed just as it can be, you know, eating more protein or, or exercising or walking the dog after lunch. Um, but yeah, I mean, think of all the things you do during the day, like brushing your teeth, making a pot of coffee, how I put on my makeup. I put my makeup on the same way every single day. I put on my primer and then I pencil in my eyebrows and then... (laughs) And then I do my eyeliner and then I do my concealer and I'm not thinking about it. I'm not like, wow, I do not do my makeup like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, No, of course you don't. And that's the other great thing about habits is that you can make this work for you. So Lauren and I both put our makeup on every day. How we get there is difference in our habits and how we built our habits, but they both get us to the same end result. Right. And that's, that's a really good analogy. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Hair flip. Thank you. Um, 
but it's true. And I think that's the other part of um, building really solid nutrition and exercise habits that the mainstream fitness media industry misses is that we don't all have to get there the same way. Like what's really more yes. important is that it works for you and that you feel good about that process versus doing it my way. Like, I don't care about my way. I care that it works for you. And we, and we tell our members in Balance 365 that all the time. Like people. Yeah. I was literally just having a conversation with someone in our coaching group yesterday about that. You know, she didn't want to give up a certain food. Um, and I said, well, you don't have to give up that food. Like there's other ways to make to get the same result. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, if, you, if you're new to our podcast or new to our community, Balance 365, which we've mentioned already a couple times, is our habit-based coaching program where uh, we give you our kind of core, meaty, juicy habits. Um, we tell you how to build them and you kind of go out and do it on your own. And, and we're here to support you and help you troubleshoot and figure out what that looks like to you. But really, it's like um, uh, kind of choose your own adventure. Like you pick what you can work on in a way that you can work on it. And we've had members have really, really, really great success doing it that way. Yeah, the way I like to explain it is it's like the opposite of anything else. Instead of giving you the what and leaving the how up to you, we give you the how and leave the what up to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. How habits okay. work. And you and I, I feel like you and I could repeat this in our sleep. We've said it so many times. But mm -hmm. habits boil down to three main steps. And that pattern is the reminder, the routine, and the reward. And the really easy way to remember that is three R's, right? <laughs> Remind, yep, rem three R's. Reminder, routine, reward. And so when you look at something as simple as, okay, a lot of us are on Facebook. Uh, the reminder might be that you get that push notification. You get a, a little red, whatever that is thing that says, notification. okay. Yeah. The, the number, <laughs> the number, the number <laughs> mine's always like nine plus, <laughs> like, yeah, 50 plus 75. Um, <laughs> you get the little reminder, uh, either you have the push notification show up on your phone or when you open the app, you see that little red notification. That's the reminder. That's the trigger. And the purpose of that is to stimulate the routine and the routine there would be to check the notification like, Oh, okay. What, what happened? Someone tagged me in a photo. Someone uh, commented on my post, and then you get the reward, and the reward is uh, that you that you figure out what that notification was, and then and maybe it feels good that someone liked your post or commented on a photo or um, tagged you in a photo, whatnot. And really, when you boil it down to uh, those three elements, you can see those elements in a variety of habits, even as something as simple as picking up the phone. The reminder is the phone rings. The routine is you pick up the phone. The reward is you see who's on the other line. Now, I know if you're like Lauren, you don't ever pick up the phone if someone calls. <laughs> <laughs> you pick up the phone and then you hit ignore. <laughs> and your reward is you don't have to talk to that person on the phone. And then you text them, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, hey, I saw you called. I was busy. <laughs> oh, the honesty. No, but, <laughs> but like apps like Facebook have this down pat, right? Like they build this into their, um, technology so that like I open my phone sometimes and like, I'm just in Facebook and I'm like, how did I, how did I get in Facebook? I just, it's a habit. Right. 
And they do that by giving you those push notifications. So every time you see it, you click Facebook. Absolutely. Or like, I mean, it's something as simple as, you know, you just, yeah, you open your phone, you you hear someone else's uh, notification. You know, I've done that when when you, me, and Jen are on a call before. If one of you has your Facebook um, website open, even if I don't have it open, and I hear a notification sound or alert signal on one of your computers, I'm like, oh, maybe I should check my Facebook. It's just, it's so ingrained. Yeah. And and if you don't stop to think about those things, you can kind of miss that that's even happening because it comes so second nature. Yeah. So, I mean, you're already building habits. You already have habits. And what we're trying to do is to show you how to use those processes in your favor to work for you. Absolutely. Because you can, like, this isn't, this isn't magic. This just doesn't, isn't something that necessarily has to happen to you. Like you can make it work for you. Um, you know, again, even something as simple as driving your car, like the reminder is you approach a stoplight, you see a red light, you stop The you know, the red light is this is the reminder. The routine is you actually stop at the red light. The reward is you don't run a red light and get into a car accident. Or the, if it's right. a green light, the routine is you continue on through the intersection. The reward is you get closer to your destination. I mean, these are all uh, habit cycles, this reminder routine reward that you can, uh, see throughout your day that, um, once you start kind of paying attention, you're like, huh, maybe that's how that happens. Or I, there's, you know, you and I are really big into Instagram memes, (laughs) but (laughs) there's one that's like, um, talks about how you get in the car to drive home from work and you like, don't even realize how you got there. And you're like, man, I'm happy I'm safe. Like, cause you can just zone out. Like it's just, you're, you're almost on autopilot. You're not giving this a ton of willpower, thought, energy to get home. Sometimes you just, you, you almost do it on autopilot. And then I'm not, I'm not advocating for zoning out while driving. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Please (laughs) practice safe driving. We're going to get hate Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, but, it, but it happens. You just kind of get your thoughts wander, and all of a sudden you're home, and you're like, wait, how did that happen? Yeah, or I've, all, I've had the experience where um, I'm thinking about something, and I'm going somewhere that I don't normally go, but you take the turn that you normally mm-hmm. turn at, and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to turn Yeah, um, I have a really – this is kind of the power of habit. Uh, we've moved uh, – within the last couple of years. And on the way home from school, we drove by McDonald's every day and probably three times a week, we would stop and get an ice cream cone. And like, that's fine. Like whatever. I like, I don't have a problem with McDonald's ice cream cones, uh, a couple times a week or whatever. My kids enjoyed it. Well, we moved, we didn't drive by the McDonald's and guess what? No ice cream cones. We didn't. No ice cream cones, and no one, and no one even said anything. No, like no one, like like my kids weren't like, hey, can we go to McDonald's? It was just like out of sight, out of mind. Like the re- the reminder was, hey, there's McDonald's. Oh, I want an ice cream cone. Like that yeah. was the routine, and the reward was you get ice cream, and ice cream's yummy, and who doesn't like ice cream? Um, but it's just it's just interesting once you start paying attention to the the triggers and the routines and the rewards. How something as simple as the the directions you take to get to work or to get to a ball practice or uh, to the mall can change your routines. Yeah. Like it's, it's really quite powerful. And that's um, a little teaser to how important environment is too, which I think we're going to talk about later. Yeah, yes, we are. You know what I want you to do first though? I want yeah. to talk about how... Um, you know, again, comparing this to the fitness and the nutrition world, um, it's 
we see a lot of times people just get this like pile on of information. They get the exercise routine, they get the nutrition program, they get the meal plan, they get the grocery shopping list, they get um, all the equipment they need. And it's really easy to like just be all in when motivation is high. Like, okay, I'm just going to change all the things. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything all at once. Uh, But you have found research that shows changing fewer things at a time is more likely to help you have success in the long term. Yes. So if you change one thing at a time, your success rate, you have about an 80% chance of sticking with that one change. Um, If you have changed two things at a time, your success rate drops down to about a 30% chance that you're going to stick with both of those changes. And then three or more things, the success rate that you're going to stick with all of those things that you start are close to zero. So, and that's, um, that's not very many things to have your success rate zero, right? You think about how many things you change when you try, most people try to change up um, their lifestyle. They empty their cupboards, they get all new food, they try to change everything and um, it usually doesn't work. No, because when you look at even as something as simple as implementing a meal plan, which we don't do meal plans, and this is partly why we don't do meal plans, when you look at what it takes to implement a meal plan, uh, you have to familiarize yourself with maybe some new foods. You have to grocery shop. You have to meal prep. You have to cook. You have to then eat the foods on time. I mean, these are all habits in our program that we've broken down to single items. We're talking about meal prep. We're going to nail meal prep or meal planning, and then we're going to move on. We're going to talk about building our plate and what, you know, the elements that go into building a plate. And then we're going to add on to that. And so when you see- And not only that, just at breakfast or just at lunch or just at dinner, not even a full day's meals at the same time. Right. And I'm not saying like if you have a meal plan or if you've developed maybe over the course of a couple of years, a meal plan that works for your family, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with meal plans. In fact, meal prepping, meal planning is something we eventually work our, our clients up to, our members up to. But to expect that you can just go from kind of zero to 60 and change all the things at once is really, really difficult. And we're only telling you that as a way to kind of cut yourself some slack. Like you're really asking you to change a lot of behaviors at once. And if you can't handle it, that's okay. We kind of expect that, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, and I, I think you're normal. You, totally, totally. And if you look back, I think you'll see evidence of this in your own life. You know, if you look back at a time that you've done this, usually it only lasts a short time and then you're back to your normal habits, right? Right. Yeah. Previous habits. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, um, we, we talk about in balance 365, the red zone, the green zone, the yellow zone as moms, especially we go through phases of life where it's just too much to tackle a lot of change at once or to maintain a lot of change at once. And that's okay. Um, how can we scale back and still kind of maintain or coast on some habits we've already built versus saying, oh, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm just going to not do anything right now at all. Um, so I think that's really good, important information when you're thinking about habit selection, that choosing one thing at a time is going to give you the most likelihood for success. Again, you said one thing at a time is about 80, 80% success rate, right, Lauren? Yep. And just two things at a time drops you down to 30. So um, 
you know, like don't feel bad about going slow and changing just one thing at a time. And really, I think the the biggest thing that our members struggle with when we tell them, hey, just pick one thing at a time is they feel like they're not doing enough. Yes. Like, oh, I'm, but, I, I, I feel like I can do more. Like, but we want it to be easy. We want it to feel easy. Yeah. And it needs to feel easy to be sustainable, really. And the way I like to think about it is like the next year is going to pass, you know, whether you do this or not. And you can try to do everything at once and at, over and over. And at the end of the year, you may not be in a different place than you are now. Or you can go slow and you can build, you know, maybe 12 new habits. Mm-hmm. At, and at the end of the year, you have 12 new habits. And it seems slow as you're going one at a time. But as you look back, you'll see how far you've really come just doing one thing at a time. Right. That quote comes to mind, uh, little by little, we travel far. So yeah, habits are definitely a big picture kind of pan out sort of approach to changing your behaviors for sure. It's not, these are not quick and easy fixes. But one other thing I want to add about habit selection, when you're thinking about what habits you should pick, and James Clear actually talks about this a lot, who's a a great source of habit information as well, if you don't follow him. um, We love him. Yeah, he's he's really good at just kind of taking the research and um, putting it in like everyday terms. Like how how does this apply to every day? Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things uh, he really encourages is that you make your behaviors identity based. So what that looks like is a lot of people have a goal that I want to lose weight. I want to lose 10 pounds. I, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds or whatever. And if, you know, (laughs) I'm sure I've done this to people as a trainer, but you know, okay, goals are supposed to be specific, right? So Okay, instead of I just want to lose weight, I want to lose 10 pounds or say um, you make a performance goal, which I like performance goals, but a lot of times you hear I want to run a 5K or I want to squat my body weight. These goals are great, but they're based off of performance and appearance and performance and appearance goals are not the same as a habits. And so for that reason, identity goals, uh, identity-based goals are really uh, where the are they're gold they're golden and so one way to make those goals identity based is to say um okay a person that's maybe lost weight or a person that's losing weight what are they doing well they might be eating vegetables at every meal okay so let's make a goal around that or a person that's running a 5k what are they doing what are the habits that a person that runs a 5k what are the habits that they have well they're probably running 3 to 4 times a week okay so let's write a goal around that. And that I feel like is so much more empowering and actionable than I just want to lose weight. Yeah. And so what basically I think what I'm hearing you say is like, let go of the outcome and focus on the process. Absolutely. Focus on what you need to do day in and day out, not the outcome. Yeah. And, um, and how can I get there? Okay. So you have the, you, you, maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to get stronger. Maybe you want to start an exercise routine. How are you going to get there? Well, the how is I'm going to show up at the gym you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m., whatever that is. Like, write the goals and the habits, base your habits around your behaviors. Like, what are you actually going to do to get there? Um, And I really like that. Like, that feels really empowering to me. Like, okay, like, that's very clear. These are the actions I'm going to take to get to my goal. Yeah, because you may not have 100% control over the outcome, Mm -hmm. right? But you do have 100% control of what 
the processes that you do. Absolutely. Um, so here, I want to back up to that first part of the habit routine, the habit cycle, and talk about triggers. Because I think trigger, and we don't mean trigger as like, <laughs> trigger, I feel triggered, you upset me. We're talking about- I mean, like reminders. Yes, triggers, reminders, the stimulus, the thing that makes you want to engage in the routine or the behavior. Um, because identifying triggers can be really, really key in um, having success with your habits. And um, like I just said, the trigger, the reminder, the the stimulus is the thing that just reminds you to do the thing you want to do or the thing that you need to do. And triggers can be um, as simple as a time of day, a location, emotions, people, or a preceding event. My morning routine, I drop my kids off at school and then I go directly to the gym. And dropping my kids off at the school has kind of become my trigger for going to the gym. And I have noticed when my kids don't have school, I don't go to the gym. Yeah. And um, I don't like I don't always intentionally do that. It just becomes a lot easier to say no to going to the gym when that trigger is gone, when that reminder is gone. And the other thing I've noticed that comes along with that is um, this has just worked for me. I have, I've kind of split my breakfast up um, before workout and after workout. Just That's just what works for me. So I have part of my breakfast um, before I work out, and then I eat the rest of my breakfast after I work out. If I don't go work out, I don't eat the rest of my breakfast. And <laughs> If you know me, that's bizarre. Like, I don't yeah. forget to eat. I, like, I don't. I like to eat. I like to eat a lot. Um, food is usually on my mind because food is yummy. Um, and so for me to, like, miss part of a meal is, like, wow. That's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it speaks to the power of habit. Yeah. Like, I don't go to the gym. I don't eat the rest of my breakfast. Like, like. You you know a habit is powerful if it can help me, uh, if it can assist me in forgetting to eat is what I'm saying. Right. (laughs) That is not a small feat. Yeah. So um, basically one of the easiest ways um, to create a new habit that you want to create is to like piggyback it off of a habit that you already have. So I use um, flossing a lot. So I wanted to create a flossing habit and brushing my teeth is already a habit. I get out of the shower, like I put my face lotion on whatever, and then I brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. And so I just piggybacked flossing off of brushing my teeth. So I stuck the floss right next to my toothbrush and now it's a habit. Every day after I brush my teeth in the morning, I floss. And um, it can be as simple as that. Yeah, and you kind of have two two reminders in there. You have the reminder of brushing your teeth, and then you also it sounds like you put the floss right by your toothpaste, so it's a visual reminder. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which again, um, environment, uh, location, environment can be a really big reminder to engage in certain habits. And I bet you have uh, behaviors that you engage in at work versus home versus out with friends. Um, And I mean, even when I think about something as simple as, um, you know, who I'm out with, people can also be another trigger. Like, you know, I have girlfriends that I go out with and we always grab a cup of wine or a a cup of wine. A cup of wine. (laughs) Who says a cup of wine? Um, We always grab a glass of wine. 
I have other girlfriends that I would go out with and we would maybe go for a walk or we would grab a cup of coffee. And like the two don't always like do the same thing. We just, you know, different people can stimulate uh, different behaviors. But yeah, one of the Mm -hmm. easiest ways uh, to build a habit is that preceding event. And one way to kind of determine uh, what preceding events might work well is to make a T column. And on one side, you write down everything you do automatically. So most days, you know, you're taking a shower, you're brushing your teeth, you're making your coffee, you answer the phone, you go to work, you come home from work, maybe you walk the dog if you have a dog. Um, maybe you get up and get a cup of coffee the same time every afternoon or mid-morning. On the other side of that T column, you write everything that happens to you regardless. So these aren't things that you do. These are things that happen to you. So the sun rises, the sun sets, a commercial comes on when you're watching TV, traffic light turns red. And those can really give you a solid starting list for preceding events that are pretty consistently going to happen during your day. And uh, right before I came on, I posted on Instagram, which if you're not following us on Instagram, you should. Uh, it is yeah. <laughs> balance three sixty five life on Instagram, but I posted. I asked uh, on our story if anyone had any questions about how to build good habits. And Ashley, one of our community members, asked, "How do you build a habit when your routine is different every day?" And I think this would be a really good exercise if you're feeling like, hey, you know what? I do something different every day. You know, maybe my work is different. I'm a mom. Like, I don't have a lot of routine necessarily. Uh, Or for whatever reason, you just don't have a lot of routine. Uh, There are still some things that happen to you every day. Maybe that you're not doing, but things that happen, like the sun rises, the sun sets. uh, You encounter traffic lights. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like those might be good preceding events for building habits. Um, the other thing I want to add quickly about habits too, is you can, um, excuse me about reminders is that there are hot reminders and there are cold reminders and hot reminders are reminders that you can take on action on right now. So maybe you have your phone next to you, the phone rings and you can answer it right now. Cold reminders are reminders that you can't take action on immediately. And the key to choosing a successful reminder or a successful trigger is to pick a reminder that's very specific and immediately actionable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we got the habits part. Let's talk about habit hacks. Um, And those are things that kind of are going to make your habits run a little bit smoother. And the first thing I want to talk about is patience. Because we said at the beginning of this podcast, it is not 21 days to build a habit. That would be great if it was 21 days. It's not 21 days. Lauren, do you want, how long does it take to build a habit? Tell me. The average is 66 days, which is quite a bit more than 21. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a study done um, and it showed that the average is 66 days and the exact number varied. So the shortest it took was 18 days, which is, you know, right around that 21 days. The longest it took was 254 days. And so it depends on the specific habit you're trying to build. So like how complex is the habit, the individual person, their circumstances and the environment. Um, so there's no one time frame, right? You can't just count to 66 days and say, okay, it's done. Um, but that's the average. And I would recommend Um, thinking about it more as, okay, when can I be consistent on this habit? You know, 
80, 90, 100% of the time, that's when your habit is um, formed. Yeah, that's that's a really good way of knowing when the habit is is automatic. When you're able to hit that habit, you said 80 to 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh indicator. I like that. But I think it's also important just to approach building habits as practice. Like I just have yeah. to practice getting repetitions in. And every time you practice the habit, that's a rep. And some habits are going to require more reps to become automatic than other habits. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a failure or that you're not doing well. It just might mean it's just a little bit more complex or a little bit difficult to make this habit automatic for you. And so if you get to that 21 days or even 66 days and you're like, this still isn't automatic, that doesn't mean that it's it just cannot be a habit. It right. just means you might need more practice. You might need more reps to make it automatic. So just keep going. Have patience. Right. And what happens is um, when the first time you ever perform an action, um, a new neural pathway gets formed in your brain. And each time you repeat that action, that pathway gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So just like Annie said, like getting those reps in it makes that pathway stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually, as soon as that reminder happens, you don't have to think about the action. It's just automatic because you've done it so many times. Absolutely. And here's the other thing I want to, another hack that I want to share that I think is super important. Plan for failure. You do not have to be perfect to make progress. Perfection is not required to build a habit. Perfection is not required for progress or to get closer to your goals or to have success. Um, It's just not. And there are going to be times when you miss a habit or it doesn't happen for whatever reason. And I think a really great tool, and I stole this again from James Clear, is the if then statement. And we share this in Balance 365, um, but I really love it. And it's a great way to plan for failure, to know that, okay, I I might not make this happen, but I'm going to have a backup plan. And the way you use the if-then statement is, say, you're you're trying to make walking a daily habit and you want to get 10,000 steps a day. You look at your day-to-day and you say, oh, it's kind of busy. So normally you take a walk after lunch if that's your plan. You say, okay, today's a really busy day. If I cannot walk after lunch, then I will walk after dinner. Or then I will get in an extra walk after the kids go to bed. Or I will walk on the treadmill. And so you actually mentally prepare like, hey, I might not go according to plan. I might not get plan A, but here's plan B. And even if plan Mm -hmm. B then doesn't work out, you can still look at your... um, Well, we have a habit tracker, which we lay out pretty much by the month. When you scan out big picture, missing a couple days in there is not going to make or break you. Again, that goes back to that 90% uh, to make a habit automatic. Uh, You don't have to have perfection. You don't have to hit it daily. But the kind of the asterisk that I would add behind that is if you're struggling to make it a habit um, consistently – if more often than not, you're struggling to implement this new behavior change, maybe you've just started too big and you need to scale back, which is another habit hack mm-hmm. that we share a lot. 
Um, it kind of goes along the lines of picking one one habit, one behavior change to focus on. But we want you to start small, like so small that you cannot say no. So you're not required to rely on willpower and motivation to get your to get you up off the couch and taking that walk or prepping your vegetables or eating the protein you said you were going to eat at breakfast. Like you really need to start small. Yeah. Like one push up. Yeah. Right. Like just put your shoes on. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Just do the warm up. Absolutely. Like so, again, so small that you can't say no. And I, what I hear from a lot of people is they kind of roll their eyes. They they roll their eyes at us. Like, Ugh. like that's really underwhelming. Like that's that's yeah. not Facebook worthy. That's not Instagram worthy. Like that's like who wants to write home about one push up? But the the point is is what's the alternative here? You say I'm going to do twenty push ups, and then twenty push ups suddenly become so overwhelming that you don't do any. You know? Yeah, you don't start. Yeah. And and it is boring, but I mean it works. So that's why this is why we preach this. It's not because it's exciting. It is boring. We all we we get that. We think it's boring too, but it it's what works. Absolutely. And the the last hack that I have, um, and this kind of goes along with that reminder, that trigger that we were talking about earlier, is the power of environment. And there was a really, really interesting study done in, I think it was a hospital cafeteria about water. And what Mm -hmm. they did, and we can put this in the show notes if you want to take a look at it, but what they did was they put water next to, um, or they, they tracked the water consumption and the water sales and the soda sales at lunchtime in this hospital cafeteria for, you know, a span of a couple weeks. When that time was over, they added water to where they to where they already had drinks. So they just added more water. Um, they didn't change anything else. They just increased where they offered water. And guess what happened? People bought more water. People bought more water. <laughs> <laughs> People bought more water and soda sales decreased. And um, so it's just a, an example of how big our environment can how big of an effect our environment can have on our habits. And I think about things um, even as how I organize my fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they've put those, uh, and I don't even know if they were, you know, you know me, I don't cook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how a do, lot how of. How does the fridge work? <laughs> what are those drawers for? I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, are they really a crisper? Like, right. does it really work? Because it seems like it's kind of the same air that's in yeah. the rest of the <laughs> I would actually agree with you. I don't. Thank you. Like, like, I, they, yeah. Okay. So they have the fruit and vegetable drawers, which apparently are debatable if they work or not in my house. But if, you know, you put your fruit and vegetables, if you're trying to eat more fruit and vegetables and you put your fruit and vegetables in their drawers, they're kind of out of sight, out of mind. What would happen if you put the fruit and vegetables more eye level? Or you put the fruit and vegetables out on the countertop instead of, in, you know, the bottom drawers under the fridge. Uh, I also think, you know, things like limiting, if you're trying to limit um, sweet treats, uh, you know, put the put the ice cream in the deep freezer in the basement instead of your freezer in the fridge. It, I'm not saying mm-hmm. you can't have ice cream. I'm not saying you shouldn't have ice cream, that ice cream's bad. I'm just saying curate your environment to support your habits, if at all possible, and, and yeah, make it, it easier for you. 
Yeah, and what it does is it just gives you that extra second to pause and make what you're doing intentional, right? If I really want those cookies in the top cupboard, I have to get the stool, climb up, and grab those cookies. And sometimes I really want them, and I want them enough to go get the stool and do it. And other times I'm like, meh, I don't need them. Like, if they were on the counter, I would have grabbed one. But since they're up there, like, I don't really want it. Yeah, and I think about, you know, like my kids at uh, the tar- at Target in the one spot. They don't think that they want goldfish until they see the goldfish. And now they're yeah. like, I want goldfish. So it's, you know, do you really want the goldfish? Do you really want the cookies? Or is it like I saw the goldfish and now I want the goldfish? And I, you know, I'm not right. I'm not saying that with any judgment. I'm just saying that it helps create some awareness. Like, am I really craving a cookie? Am I really wanting some ice cream? Um, then, you know, eat the ice cream. Or did I just want ice cream because I saw ice cream in my freezer? Now ice cream sounds good. You know, the power of suggestion, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So, and again, um, if you have to constantly tell yourself, no, 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 like, uh, don't eat the tray of brownies on the countertop, on the counter, you know, eventually your willpower and your motivation to say no might fatigue. You just, you get tired of saying no, and eventually you might give in. And, uh, versus if you took those brownies and you put them up in a cabinet and Tupperware, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind. So it's mm-hmm. just, it go, it goes back to curating your environment in a way that supports your habits. And I know when it comes to exercise, we have a um, woman in Balance 365 who works out pretty early in the morning. And she knows that if she leaves some of these tasks up to chance or up to do in the morning, she's less likely to do them. So she does everything from lay out her equipment to her outfit, to her tennis shoes, her water bottle, her protein shake after her workout. She does all of that the night before to remove as many obstacles as she can. So when it comes to time to wake up, all she has to do is roll out of bed and go do the workout. It yeah, just, some people even yeah. just sleep in their workout clothes. Absolutely. I mean, there's. Yeah. Um, I saw. I saw a woman. Just a couple weeks ago, it was beautiful outside. She was running in jeans and like a dress blouse. Like, I just said blouse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm, yeah, a blouse. Is that a, a, I think I said that on the um, Fashion Your Life podcast. (laughs) Annie's new favorite word apparently is blouse. Blouse. And next thing I'm going to be wearing rouge. (laughs) Um, Maybe a brooch. (laughs) A brooch, yes. On On your blouse. On my blast um, with my rouge. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just the point is make it as simple as possible for you, even if that means starting small, even if that means you have to curate your environment a little bit. If you're trying to watch less TV, take the TV out of your living room or, you know, rearrange your furniture so it's not facing the TV when you walk into the living room. I mean, really give some thought and consideration to how your habits and your location, your environment play a part in your habits. Yeah. Can we um, fit in one more hack before we Yes. I, I w- it's not okay. on the outline, Lauren, though. You make me nervous when you I know. go rogue. I'm, I'm going rogue. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
tell me. <laughs> so I have to give credit here to one of our wonderful members, Justine, because she has created our Balance 365 motto that has come out of this, and that is all or something. So we often get the all or nothing trap. Like if I can't get my full workout in, why bother? Like mm-hmm. why do anything? You know, um, and we get it. Most of our listeners are moms. Like stuff comes up, like ish happens. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can't do the whole thing, can you do something? So like, let's say you usually do a workout while your kid is napping and they're sick and they're clingy and whiny and they're not napping. Well, you can't do your workout, but can you hold them and bust out 10 squats? Right. Because yep. one of the biggest things about um, building a habit is momentum. So it's not about doing the whole thing all or nothing, but can you still stick to that routine in some way? Can you do 10 squats? Can you do a two minute walk instead of your normal 30 minute walk? Um, you know, can you buy some hard boiled eggs at the store if you don't have time to make them? You know, just little stuff like that really makes a big difference. Absolutely. And um, it kind of it kind of complements that if-then statement. If I cannot get the whole workout in, I will do the warm-up. Or if yeah. if I cannot do a full, uh, you know, 5K run, then I will do 2K, you know? And and then the second part of that is accepting that that's enough. Like that that is yeah. absolutely enough. And I think people often forget, and that's where they get tripped up in this on again, off, off again, black, white, right, wrong, perfect failure mindset, that perfectionist trap is that if they can't do it perfectly, then they're not going to do it at all. And when you're trying to build habits and really change your behavior, like you said, momentum and just practice getting those reps in means a lot more. And that consistency means a lot more than perfection and intensity. So- Yes. That's it. That I'm happy you included that, Lauren. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Do you have anything else to add for habits? I mean, we could talk about habits a lot, but I think that's a really good uh, kind of foundational habits one. Yeah, I think that's a good. It's a good intro, and uh, we have a whole section on habits one hundred and one in Balance three hundred and sixty five. So we kind of expand on this, and we give you know our habit tracker and our habit worksheet to t- kind of teach you how. Um, to do this in your life and with the habits that we give in the program. So yeah, um, but this was a, a good intro. And we have a freebie for our listeners. Woo-hoo. If you want to, I'm, I'm super excited about this. this is the first time we're doing a freebie for a podcast. Um, so I hope, I hope our listeners enjoy it. Uh, if you go to healthyhabitshappymoms.com forward slash habits dash 101 dash freebie. We will put that URL in the show notes because I don't expect anyone is going to get that uh, just listening to it. But we've got a freebie for you to help support your habit building. And if you aren't already, I would love for you to join our free Facebook community. We are approaching 40,000 women worldwide um, where we've got a lot of good information and uh, conversation going on about how to change your habits in a really sustainable way that comes from self-love and self-compassion. None of this, no excuses, head down, just do it sort of vibe. It's really like, how can we support you and make this work for you, which feels really good to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know it feels good to you too, but (laughs) I just, I like that approach. I'm I'm really, I love our community dearly. There's just a lot of rad women in there. Um, so I hope you join us and thanks Lauren. This was fun. We should do this more often. I mean, Jen can come too. 
But yeah, next time you can come. Yeah, we'll let her in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, Annie here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we invite you to join our free 14-day Powerball Challenge, guaranteed to help you feel nourished, have more energy, and learn health, wellness, and fat loss strategies that actually work for busy moms. Inside the Powerball Challenge, you will find Powerball recipes that our members rave about, a meal prep guide, shopping lists, prizes, and access to our private Facebook community of over 35,000 busy women just like you who get it and are there to cheer you on. Sign up at PowerballChallenge.com today. And if you really like what you heard, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can keep bringing you amazing content. Thank you. Thank you.